time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews, and weekly giveaways. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We have a special co-host. Bryant was out this week, and he spent some time with his wife. So we've got Jay Patterson, the owner, tobacconist at The Leaf. How you doing, Brian? I said Bryant. You did. How you doing, Jay? Doing good. Doing good. Nice. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you for coming and hanging out with us and filling in for Big Boy. That's some big shoes to fill. Yeah. You it know? really is. Yeah. So... We know you're going to do good though, because the last time you were here, we I was had a, terrible. We had a no, man. We had a we had a great time. We had a great time. Okay. So anyway, let's let's jump right in and talk about what we're smoking. Uh, what am I smoking? I was smoking a uh, oh, I'm smoking the McAuliffe Nicaragua. Yes. Good smoke, man. Yeah. That wrapper is impressive. It's it's thick, oily. I dig it. It's a good smoke, and it burns really well, too. Yeah, I've had no issues with this cigar at all. Yeah. So tell us what you're smoking. I'm smoking a Padron Panatella Natural. How do you like that? It's good. As you can see, I've been smoking it for a while. Yeah, same <laughs> here, same here. We did the pre-show with Paul uh, because Bryant was out, so yeah. that'll be interesting for the Light'em Up crew. But uh, anyway, tell us what you're drinking over there. I am drinking Eagle Rare care of rob jones and i'm drinking the maker's mark that paul brought and this is a special edition uh let's see what this is this is the 2021 limited release and the cool thing about it is one it's 110.6 proof i'm not usually a big maker's mark guy yeah but this is really nice and uh the notes it says fruit Forward expressions with notes of tobacco and wood. Tobacco. And so, I mean, that's cool because it naturally pairs with cigars. Can you taste it in there? I really can. Yeah? When you get to this, you're going to really like it. And the cool thing is, being 110 proof, the first thing I asked Paul was, how hot is it? Yeah. And it's it's not. It's not. It Well, let me I take that back. You take your drink, mm-hmm. and it finishes hot, but not over over the top oh good you know what i mean usually if you like, get over like if you 100 the bookers yeah that is over the top for me you might as well just drink hot water you've had the bookers right i've had the bookers yeah it's pretty hot yeah and so i it, and it's it's out of the price range that i normally shop for bourbon i'm usually that 30 to 50 guy and the bookers is i think 87 and i was like I would never spend that much money on Booker's again because that was just too hot. I didn't enjoy it. And you know what? Uh, I feel the same way about scotch. Now, granted, scotch prices has gone up. Right. But um, everything points to scotch prices should go back down. But as a businessman, I understand that if people are going to buy it at Ninety five dollars a bottle, and then at a at a twenty to twenty five percent increase. Right. And why would I lower the price? Right. And so if 
We just found out what our true value is. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, and it's true because if people bought it when it was up 25%, then it was still valuable at that price point. People wouldn't have bought it. Exactly. So, I mean, if you weren't comfortable buying it for that 25% increase, then you shouldn't have bought it. Yeah. We bought some Aberfeldy 21 year. How was that? It's good. It's smooth. Very smooth. Too expensive, but smooth. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the only scotch that I really like, and I have not had a lot of scotches. I thought the monkey shoulder was fine. Nothing to write home about. But, you know, for 35 bucks, that's a great value. But the spring bank. Oh, spring bank. Yes. Now, that's the one that's still made traditionally yes yeah that's every time i mentioned it to spring bank to someone i'm like it's the only one that still does it the old school way yeah no computers no heaters they still make their own fire everything so that that's impressive and it's not that expensive it's like 65 bucks for the uh 10 year you know i had ed bring me a bottle of spring bank and he charged me 90 dollars now, which one was it, though? Was it know. the 10, 12, or 15? Honestly, I, I honestly can't remember if that was really true. Oh. I don't know how much he asked for. I was going to say, because <laughs> Ed doesn't usually charge a surcharge. He really doesn't. No. He sometimes forgets to bring money. Yes. And he sometimes forgets to ask for money. So. Yes. Yeah. So, he he's a... Must be nice. He was supposed to be here, actually. I invited him over. Yeah. yesterday and he was like yeah i'll be over there and then he didn't show up well i seen him earlier today and his wife his, was telling him what to do well for good reason it is i believe their 40th anniversary really yes wow yeah i did not know that i need to go back up to the shop and buy ed a special cigar get him a tatiana or something something you know i usually always get him a 26 that's good he loves the 26 and, you know, that's what Dr. Bill smoked. He did. And yeah. Ed and him hung out a lot, so a lot. they always smoked 26s. Uh, we want to give just a word of Dr. Bill. He passed recently. He's one of our home shop guys. Everybody raises their glass. And uh, couldn't find a better guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's the guy who actually brightened your day when you ran into him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? It's like I'm, I miss the guy, and it's, it's sad news. But when you look at the totality of his life, man, what a great life. What a great life. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he did so much and enjoyed life. He did. All the finest things in life. You know, he worked hard for it, and he lived it out strong. Oh, absolutely. You know, I always tell this story about Bill. When I thought I knew, I knew cigars, you know, I'm talking to Bill and I'm like, Bill, let me show you a cigar that you are going to fall in love with. And when you smoke this cigar, you won't even smoke the 26s anymore. And he was like, really? So he bought three LFD cabinet sixes. And the next time I saw him, I was like, Bill, what'd you think? And he was like, I didn't like those at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, 
Oh, okay. So that kind of made me go, you know what? You can't tell someone else what they're going to like. Right. After years of smoking, the palate develops a certain way. And you like what you like. Right. And so that's why we have such a vast selection at the Leaf. You know, I don't smoke them all, but people like what they like. And Right. I mean, you can't just buy what you like. Right. And that's that was one of the big things that Corey and I talked about before we bought the shop or while we were in the process was, you know, we really need to start thinking about and listening to, you know, what what people are talking about at the shop, you know, what people want to bring in. Uh, what do they what do they like to smoke? Uh, what shops are they visiting that what and what do that sh- those shops carry that's bringing those people in? And let's. You know, it doesn't take much to change the humidor. It takes time. But for the most part, you know, it's an ever-evolving thing. You get these stapled areas. You right. Know, you got to carry certain products because everybody's looking for them. But I think the humidor now is... If the humidor from even the previous location were to look at the humidor now, it'd be unrecognizable. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't even know they're related. Yeah. And, you know, the two, since I have you here, I'm going to go ahead and pitch them. Okay. The two brands I would really like to see you bring in, Robert Caldwell Uh and Steve Saka. Right. Those are the two that I think that I would just probably rub one out. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that in a positive way. I believe it. Now... Would it surprise you to know that we did at one point have both of those at the humidor in the humidor at the same time? I do remember that. And you know what? Like right up until the end of that, I just learned it like two or three weeks before that was the end of the carrying of those brands. Mm -hmm. And so when I found them, I was just like, holy crap, I didn't even know these were in here. And I think Scott's the one who told me. I was like, man, we should see about getting some sock in here. And he's like, there's some in there. And I was like, "Are where? (laughs) Because, you know, when you go into a humidor, you get in a routine. You do. You know where you're going to go. You know where you're going to look. And then a lot of areas just don't get looked over. Today, when I went in, I actually took time to walk the entire humidor. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a big humidor. So I was in there for a bit. But it was just a great experience because there was nobody else in there. So, I mean, I was taking my time looking through. I was not in a hurry. And I ended up going with the uh, uh, Buck, Buckeye the and Buckeye the uh, Yellow Rose. Nice. And then a couple, a couple of, of Project 40s. And yeah. then also... Whatever the hell this is. Oh, okay. That's a good smoke. The St. Louis Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I like this box press. You know, I'm not real big on a lot of box press, but this one I do like. That's the uh, Connecticut Broadleaf um, St. Louis Ray by Altatus. We, uh, it's been in there for a while uh, as a line, but we expanded off of the St. Louis Ray Maduros that uh, Teacher Gary used to buy all the time. So we always kept those in stock. I'm going to interrupt you here. How long has it been since you've seen Gary? Three weeks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, his daughter brought him in a couple, you know, three weeks ago. How was he? 
fine. Yeah, he's got long hair now, like longer than before. Because um, he already had a ponytail. And he's still uh, needing assistance with his walker. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's doing well. Good. I would have liked to have seen him. I don't think I've seen him in over a year. Well, yeah. Yeah, we thought uh, we thought we wouldn't see him until COVID was completely gone. But after he got his vaccine, I think he got vaccinated fully. And so now his, his daughter is sort of his full-time caretaker. caretaker. Okay. And she'll bring him up once in a while. Nice. Yeah. She actually sat with him the, uh, the last time. And it was neat to get to meet her. And Now, is that the one that was in the Navy? or is yep. that Okay, cool. Yep. Is she living here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. she she moved she moved here to take care of her dad. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Well, hey guys, uh, we're going to talk about our sponsors here in a second, but I wanted to let you know we have a very special guest for our interview today. We have Peter Schmidt from Down Under. Down Under. The cigar smoking Australian, and I've been wanting to have him on for a long time. We finally got it worked out, so you're in for a treat. He's a very colorful fellow to say the least so anyway let's talk about our sponsors right quick we have case elegance i've seen a lot of guys take pictures of their humidors and their man bags or as bryant likes to say tote and did i show you my new man bag in person yet you have not i gotta show it to you dude it is freaking show me your man sack i will dude the leather quality on it is just off the chain but anyway, uh, Case Elegance makes beautiful quality humidors. You know, you can buy a $50 humidor and you get a $50 humidor. Mm-hmm. And they have humidors that range, I think, from 79 to 200. And they are built with the most amount of Spanish cedar of all humidors. And they take the time to have an instruction guide that shows you step by step how to do the humidification. And it comes with all the humidification stuff you need. Yeah, it comes with the kit. Yeah, so you don't have to, like, go on YouTube and try to figure it out on your own. It's noob-proof. They've got it down to a science. So go by and check them out. And if you order anything from them, make sure you use the code CIGARTALKCOIN, and they will send you an actual uh, uh, metal challenge coin that's got Cigar Talk on the front, and then it's got uh, Case Elegance on the back. Very nice. Yeah, it's and it's got the rope design all the way around. Oh. No, I'm not not the rope, the star. Yeah, my bad. Anyway, guys, we also have, you know, Viva La Vida. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't have Viva La Vida at your home shop, make sure you ask for them to start carrying them. I guarantee you, they're gonna love them. And if you don't have a shop and you want to order them, then you can uh, call somebody. I'll tell you about in a minute. But anyway, check them out. Awesome cigars. And then we have McAuliffe Cigars. Yes. Dude, they have done so much for the cigar industry yes. that, I mean, I thought that other companies would start copying everything they did. And you know what I figured out? They can't. And you want to know why? Because why? they do so much so fast. Tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, I mean, it's like, bam, bam, bam. I mean, you have the ambassador group. Mm-hmm. You have the ambassador Facebook group. Yep. You have the brick and mortar only. You have 17 facings. You have a budget from 450 to $42. 
uh, they have a cigar for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And and not to mention the higher ups, they will respond to you. Oh, dude. The, the communication is spot on. I think they're the most transparent company that I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just the communication part is unbelievable. Yeah. But if you haven't become a McAuliffe ambassador, make sure you look down the show notes and there's a link to uh, become a McAuliffe ambassador. You'll get your own uh, coin, your own challenge coin with your own number. What's your number, by the way? My number is 1064. 1064. Mine is three digits. 298. 298. Yes. Nice. Bryant's is like 165, so he can suck a rope. Anyway, uh, go by and check them out. And then our final sponsor of the night is The Leaf. We're very honored to have Jay here. Jay is a longtime friend, and he has become, I'll tell you this, you have become a great cigar shop owner. Thank you. You were always good right out of the gate, but there was a lot at the very first that you had to figure out. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't even imagine, because if you think taking over a business is easy, I mean, there's so much that you think you know but I mean, how big of a like? Holy crap! Oh yeah, there's there's a ton of things that I thought. Well, no, I, I didn't even think. I I just assumed that what I was doing and helping my predecessor with, I thought that was all that needed to be done. And as it turns out, that was just you know tip of the iceberg stuff. Right. And what. And you even managed the shop. I did, yeah. So, I mean, even as the manager, you still don't know everything there is to know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. That's right. And there's there's ancillary things that are really should be predominant, like simple things, like cash flow. And managing inventory to where you can manipulate cash flow to bring in new things. And so it's this dynamic and this different mindset that i didn't go to college for i i didn't do this in my previous professional life that uh that i had to learn on the fly but it's fun because i get to hang out with it's it's somewhat pressurous or high pressure but it's really not because even though i'm not sitting around smoking cigars all day you're still part I'm, of the community. I'm hanging out. And you're there with the people. Yes. Right. I can walk out of my office anytime. I just don't have time sometimes. Right. <laughs> right. So then everybody crowds into your office. Yes. You know, and that's that's been nice. Um, I don't remember ever the office previously being uh, filled with, with people hanging out, but... I like to feel that maybe I'm a little special, maybe a little bit uh, special in the head. I think, well, <laughs> we know that, but I, I think that seeing, well, and you know, think about this, man. I mean, how many cigar shop owners bought a shop from someone else that was already established, had to learn the business, but then also had to immediately move to a new location that... And the thing about it is the way you've handled that, the way Corey's handled that has been amazing because, I mean, the old shop was home. Yeah. 
but you made the home new and better. And that's a tough one. To, I mean, because most people are going to be like, man, I, I miss the old place. You made it to where they can't wait to get into the new place. And and I'm glad you brought that up because we can't forget, Corey. Um, my my business partner, Corey, he lives in Indiana and he does work for the government, uh, the government. Yes. Um, but really just we we share we have a shared vision and. I can honestly tell you he'd rather be here or he'd, he'd like to be here more often. Right. Um, life isn't working out that way right now, but the encouragement and the trust that he bestows upon me and our staff lets us do what we do. And let me tell you this. You two as a team reminds me of Andy and Barney Five. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm here with Andy. <laughs> yes. So, no, and I, I love Corey. I am so happy that he is co-owner of the Leaf. I, you couldn't have found a better partner. I mean, you really couldn't. I couldn't have. I it's... mean, he is the most easygoing guy. I haven't had to deal with him on a business level, but I can't see him in any other light as just being one of those guys that's just – you want to hang out with him. You yeah. know what I mean? He's one of those kind of guys. He really is. And he's also one of those kinds of guys that you could just throw him into a random group of people and he will find camaraderie. Oh, absolutely. And, and by the end of it, outside looking in, you'd think they were friends for years. But no, he just met these folks. Yeah. I, I love hanging out with Corey when we get the opportunity. Yeah. So... If you uh, need some cigars, and uh, here's the thing. Jay carries both the McAuliffe line and the Viva La Vida line. How are you doing as far as uh, the Club 500? We have an abundance of Club 500. Very nice. But I won't disclose exactly how much. Okay. Now, fair, fair. You, you do know the history between uh, from the Club 500, uh, for listeners that don't realize, initially... Billy and Gus developed a particular cigar. It's a box press 660 that they were going to make only for the first 500 accounts. Right. Right. And I don't know if you shared this before. No, we um, haven't. It had, it took off so well that they said, all right, we're going to make this available on a limited edition basis. Now, once that tobacco is gone, it's done. Right. And so... Club 500, uh, if you can don't, find one. Don't, don't get spoiled to it. Don't get spoiled to it because And if you do want to be day. spoiled to it a little bit longer than everybody else, you better start stacking up now. Yeah. But anyway, call Jay at the Leaf. Don't call his personal phone. Uh, I <laughs> accidentally <you. laughs> gave his personal phone out to somebody, and I got a text like, Rob, what the fuck? That's no. not true. <laughs> That's not true. It was just a very difficult situation <laughs> because the U.S. government restricts different states from receiving mail Cigars. order. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And and I didn't... I. I someone asked me for the least phone number and I just pulled up Jay's phone number and gave it out. So I apologize for that, Jay. That's okay. 
But uh, no, if you uh, guys look down the show notes, you'll see the name of the Leaf and next to it, their phone number. Give them a call and they will hook you up with the Viva La Vida or McAuliffe line. And they have a ton of other cigars that you might be interested in as well. So give him a call. He always gets the shipping right out. And there's always Bovetta packs in yep. the shipments. I make sure to keep Bovetta packs on hand predominantly for shipments. Awesome. Now, I was on the Distinguished Ruffians uh, Zoom. How was that? Because they, they just invited me to do that, and I told them I would do it. It was awesome. I had a great time. Those guys are it's like hanging out with buddies. The same way I talk about how Corey can go in and just cut it up with folks. Right. Same same group. And and you'll find that with cigar smokers. You can just jump right in. Do you think that would be the appropriate platform for the old granddad's favorite game? Yes. Okay. But with one caveat. Okay, what? You would probably need to wait till about halfway into the show. Okay, fair enough. I, yeah, that's not one that you want to. Yeah, start you don't want to. You don't want to break the ice with right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, hey guys, uh, we're going to go to Peter with his interview. When we come back, we're going to do our pick six, my favorite three this week, and Jay's favorite three. So we'll be right back after the break. Hey, so you guys, we have a longtime friend down under Australia, c- cigar smoker, just a genuine good dude. And I've been wanting to get him on the show for a long time, and I think he's a little shy, but we finally pried him out of that shell. He's on the show with us tonight with a brand new fresh beard. Welcome, Peter. How you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for coming on and, uh, you know, sharing what it's like to be a uh, cigar smoker down in Australia. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not as fun as it is for you guys. I don't get to go to lounges. I don't get to pay six bucks for a cigar, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not too bad. So you guys don't have any, like, indoor smoking lounges, period? We have no lounges. Our indoor smoking laws are pretty, pretty draconian. We we're not allowed to smoke in any kind of commercial building. Period. What about um, publicly outside? That's where it's a gray area. Uh, it's like we can, but not if we're within distance of somebody eating, or within distance of like the the open like the doorway to a to a commercial building. So, like, if I was just walking down the street, walking my dog, yeah, I, I could have a cigar as long as there's no one sitting down. Um, <laughs> as long as you're not offending the- <laughs> anyone. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, how does that work? I mean, like, if you're out smoking in public, I mean, do people look at you or they look down on you for smoking? I mean, what's the society like over there? Oh, look, no, no, not at all. Um, honestly, I don't really smoke in public too much I, I like to sit out here in my backyard and and have a cigar is usually my place of choice but i would feel like i i, I kind of get disgusted when i see cigarette smokers in sure places where they shouldn't be right like, you know that's just disgusting the, the smell even as someone who smokes as many cigars a week as i do i see a cigarette smoker and i'm like that is disgusting <laughs> right <laughs> we're so judgmental <laughs> right <laughs> now have you ever and, smoked um, cigarettes no, no, never. Okay, no, see, never, I smoked cigarettes for 24 years, starting from when I was 16 years old. And Jesus. so, 
and I tell you what, the difference between smoking cigarettes and cigars is night and day. Because when I quit smoking cigarettes, I didn't smoke anything for 10 years. And then I started smoking cigars just on occasion. But now I've been smoking cigars for 10 years. And the difference in my health from when I smoked cigarettes for 24 years and now, it's like, dude, I still breathe fine. When I go to the doctor, he's like, oh, your lungs sound good. When I smoke cigarettes, that's not what he said. Yeah, yeah. Now, my parents were pack-a-day smokers when I was a kid. Um, growing up, there were, uh, yeah, a lot of cigarette smoking going on in the house. But I don't know. I've never, never been interested in it. I got you. Yeah, my parents were both at least a pack a day. And I remember when I was a kid driving down the road and I'm like, "Ah, I don't want to smell that, you know. And my dad was like, the window's cracked. And I mean, it was literally (laughs) like that much. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So being in Australia and you don't have like smoke lounges, I mean, how did you start smoking cigars? How long have you been smoking cigars? That's actually a really good question. I've only been smoking cigars for four years, but I have no idea what prompted me to do it in the first place. It, um, I was about to get married. I've um, been married four years now, and it was about a month before my wedding. I said to my wife, I'm like, I want to have a cigar. Nice. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. She's, and we, I never discussed it before. Is that I've never smoked a cigarette, never smoked a joint, nothing like that. So then when it came up to the topic of having a cigar, it threw us both out of left field. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I did a bit of research on what would be a good cigar for someone who's never smoked anything before. And um, well, I bought about a dozen Romeo and Julietas number number twos. Oh wow! And I hand yeah, and handed them out at my wedding to my friends and family. And it was actually a really just a beautiful moment. Yeah, know? that's awesome, man. You probably it, you probably started with doing your homework more than anyone I know. <laughs> Everyone else I know was just like, I just thought I would try it. And I walked into a yeah. shop and bought one, you know. <laughs> and the guy said, smoke this one. And I did. No, it, um, it was, I asked, I think I asked a question on Reddit. Um, I think I joined a Facebook group and I asked the, the Facebook guys, hey, what do you recommend? And and yeah, the feedback I kept getting was like, you know, for an Australian, because we we, are, we have um, Cubans in pretty much every store. We could walk into a grocery store and buy Cubans here. And um, it was a case of, you know, Cubans are great for starters, but if you really get into it, then you should try brands like Padron and Fuente. But don't start with them because, you, you know, you'll you don't appreciate mess yourself them. up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I remember the first time I smoked a Padron 1926. I kind of felt like I had got ripped off. You know what I mean? I was like, $27 for that? And then, See, you I know. I that way with a Liga Pravada number nine. Right. I smoked a, a number nine, and I was like, this is horrible. I hate this. And it was about the third or fourth cigar I'd ever smoked. Ah. And here I am four years later, and I'm like, I, I love anything that you put in my hand that comes from the Drew Estate factory. Right. I'm like, I should probably try that number nine again. So you're a big Drew Estate fan. I, I do enjoy my Drew Estates. Um, the... Um, Room 101s and, and obviously the Fuentes at the moment. Uh, the, the thing is, Rob, like with us, because our import tax is based on gram weight, whether I buy a you know, $25 Fuente or I buy a 50-cent factory smoke, they get taxed at the exact same rate. So if I'm paying $400 for oh, a box wow. of cigars either way, yeah. So if I pay $400 for a box of cigars in tax alone, 
regardless of what it is, why would I waste my money on some factory smokes right. uh, or some acid blondies when you know the, the Fuentes, the Padrones, the Patels, they're all getting taxed at the exact same rate. So we, we tend to smoke a lot of, I guess you could say, higher-end stuff down here because we're getting taxed the same rate no matter what. If you're going to get screwed, you might as well enjoy it. So exactly, you got to get the exactly good right. stuff. That makes sense. So what are you smoking tonight? Well, tonight I've got the Fuente between the light. Tonight, what am I saying? It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's dark <laughs> here where I am, and it's still, what, beautiful, sunny. Is it, well, this is your winter time, right? Or coming into winter? Yeah, we're in winter. We're in winter. <clears throat> I live in Queensland, and our winters don't get that cold at all. I was going to say, it doesn't look very wintry where you are. I mean, there's palm <laughs> trees behind you. It's sunny. What's the temperature there? Well, don't tell me the temperature, because I won't understand it. No, that's all right. I, I installed a converter on my phone just for these conversations. They always <laughs> come up when I when I talk to you guys. So it's sixty four of your degrees, oh. eighteen of mine. So see, that's perfect weather. That's not cold. That's perfect. Oh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm in love. It. I'm in I'm in jeans and a t shirt. Yeah, it's brilliant out here. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, so are you guys no, big I'm smoking the Fuente between the lines because it's to me it's the best thing to go with a cup of coffee. Oh, very nice. Well, I was going to say, do you ever get to enjoy bourbon? Do you guys have bourbon down there? <laughs> of course we have bourbon, mate. We're not the fucking stick. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, can I swear on this show? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Uh, so, I mean, like you guys get the bourbon that we have, like, you know, Kentucky bourbons. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. My bourbon of choice is the Woodford Reserve. Oh, good choice. Um, it's an excellent one. And the Maker's Mark is, a, is another good one to make into um, old fashions. Uh, yeah, no, we definitely get bourbons and the same stuff you do. It's not. It's not cheap. Again, the tax on it is ridiculous, but we get it. Oh, really? So they tax that too? Yeah, they tax everything. They, they they tax everything. If you're going to enjoy it, you're getting taxed on it in this country. <laughs> well, but that's, hey, I we get our universal health care. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat you know, that. So free education. Uh, we we get a lot of a lot of perks. So our, so your college is free. It's free while you're doing it. And then the government will basically give you a loan. And then when you graduate and you start making over a certain threshold, then you start paying it back. Okay. So if you yeah, never so make we, over that threshold, you're good. Exactly. That's but, why I still but, have like 30 grand of outstanding <laughs> student debt because I've never, never gotten paid over that threshold because I never graduated. So well, I was going to say, what did you go to school for? Next question. Okay. <laughs> going to be a... <laughs> no, look, I, I went to school for uh, education um, to study, um, to become a teacher, and then I realized I hate kids. So I, I, I stopped doing that after about a year and a half. Yeah, because y'all don't, y'all don't have kids. Y'all have a dog. Yeah, we've got a dog, uh, a Springer Spaniel. Now, my wife and I decided about 10 years ago that we didn't want kids, and we've, we've stuck to that. Well, how long have you been married? You're a young man. I've only been married four years, but my wife and I have been together since we were teenagers. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so 15 years this October. So do you, you said earlier that you could buy Cubans there. So, I mean, do you still smoke Cubans from time to time? Occasionally. Uh, very, very rarely. Uh, I just find them boring and, and quite bland. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I smoked what was the Cohiba 2017 Talisman. And when I looked up the value of that cigar, it was gifted to me, very generously gifted to me by a very good friend of mine. Um, but when I looked up the value of it, they're selling at the moment for 300 Australian dollars. 
And I was like, this is not a $300 cigar. Not at all. It was boring. It was plugged. It was oh, just a man. horrible it smoking was plugged? experience. It was plugged. And that's how you know it's a genuine Cuban is if it draws <laughs> like, a, like, like a dog's turd, you know, you know it's going to be a, a genuine Cuban. Because when it draws well and you're like, oh, this is actually a tasty Cuban, you start to get a little bit dubious about whether or not it's genuine. Well, it, it has a good draw because it's not rolled very tight and there's a bunch of garbage in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so a, a friend of mine brought me some Cubans back from his cruise and uh, they were all, uh, what was it, uh, Cohibas with the glass top, you know. With the glass Yeah, lid. and I was oh, like, geez. dude, I told you not to buy me any cigars. If you want to buy me a cigar, buy me a voucher for my local store or something. <laughs> well, and I told him, I said, I tell you what, before he left, I was like, don't buy me any cigars. You're going to end up buying fake Cohibas. And I said, Cohibas are fake because everybody that doesn't smoke cigars knows the name Cohiba. Knows the brand. So exactly. that's why they do those. And I said, so stay away from there. If you want to go in a cigar shop and just buy me one good cigar. You know what I mean? Yep. And of Ask course, the guy behind the counter. Yeah. And instead, he buys a box of Cohibas on the street from some dude for 75 bucks. Yeah. A friend of mine had a very similar situation. He's a, a oh, backcracker dude. Uh, oh, osteo, chiropractor. Osteotherapist. No, no, the other one, the more, more fancy one. An osteo, osteopera, osteotherapist. Okay. And he said he, he cracked some dude's back, and the guy was so grateful he bought him a box of cigars just to, to thank him. And it was a box of Cubans, a box of Cohibas, very, very obviously fake. Right, because like, the quality and, is so bad. You could just tell, like, just by looking at the box, it was like a cardboard box with newspaper lining or something. And, and he says to the guy, oh, thanks, I, I appreciate it, you know, but it was just rubbish. But then he said he got home and he sliced one open and long filco. It was actually looked like a proper cigar. It wasn't floor sweepings. It didn't have pubic hair and really? dirt and gravel in it. It actually was a long fill tobacco. So it was like, okay, let's, let's give it a try. He lit one up and he said it was actually a really good smoke. But it definitely wasn't what it said it was on the box. Wow. Well, that impresses <laughs> yeah. me because I always figure, and I'll tell you this, when I got the box of fake Cohibas, I didn't smoke one of them. I was just not. like, I don't know what's in that. I'm not smoking it. So, Especially not if you bought it on a boat in Mexico. Right. I think he got them in uh, Cancun. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> so, what's the, uh, I mean, what's the process of you buying cigars in Australia? I mean, can you go down to your local shops and buy so you don't have to pay the taxes being shipped in? Or it, they get taxed on their way in, so they just give you that same tax at the store? Basically, like we've got a, a couple of physical stores that we can walk into. Uh, in my local area, I've got to travel about an hour, hour and a half to get to one. Um, but they obviously they, they pay the, the import taxes themselves. So their rock bottom cost price is only about a dollar or two per cigar less than what we can import them in for ourselves. Ah. And then obviously they've got their merchant fees and their handling fees and everything else on top. So this cigar, when I buy it myself, probably cost me about $30 Australian, including tax, shipped in. Whereas if I was to walk into a local store, he's selling it for about 70 Wow. So there is a, yeah, it's not, not, uh, not a very 
economical way to walk in. And then you want to support your brick and mortars. We all do. Like we, I, I can't stress enough that I want these stores to stay around. But when it's that kind of money. When it's over you know, two times for, the cost exactly. for you, it's hard. Well, I mean, you know. And it'll take me less than an hour to smoke this. You know? Right. It's only a little one. That's what she said. I'm paying 70 bucks for an hour. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm paying 70 bucks for an hour. It just seems like it's a bit of a, bit of a rot. Yeah. Cause then you think how, how, how many hours do you work to make $70? You know what I mean? That's what I always, and see, I don't smoke a lot of high end cigars. I smoke my, my price range is between seven and 12 bucks. Because there's so many good cigars in that price range that, I mean, on occasion, I get the 26 or the 64 or the Reserva Mm -hmm. or, you know, one of those cigars that I think is worth the amount of money. But, I mean, like you said, when you smoke as many cigars as we do, you can't be buying $50 cigars every time. You know what I mean? I'd go broke. I mean, I'm broke already. Right now Uh, now I'm smoking the uh, Nicaraguan from McAuliffe. But I started oh, yeah. smoking this about 30 minutes before we started, so I'm probably going to finish this up, and I've got a medallia right here waiting to be fired up next. Yeah. That medallia that you sent me, it was only the little 4 by 42 or something, this tiny little thing. and Yeah, the Corona. Um, the, yeah. The, the yeah, petite yeah. Corona. Petite Corona. It was a baby of a thing, and I think I smoked it while I was mowing the lawn. <laughs> so how did, you, how did you like the other McAuliffe's that I sent you? I've got to say the Leander was probably the one of the better cigars I've smoked all last year. That really? That was, was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other ones I found were okay. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'll buy them again, but they didn't really wow me. But the Leander knocked you good. The Leander definitely did. I, I think with, the, with that medallion, because it was so small, I just didn't really have enough time to sit down and enjoy it before it was finished. It was gone. I was like, oh, it's gone. Yeah, and the thing about it is, for me, I feel the same way. If I'm going to smoke a Petite Corona, it's not really for me to sit back and enjoy a cigar. It's almost like one of those things where it's like, if I got time to smoke a cigar in 20, 30 minutes, I'll smoke it, but I'm not sitting down to enjoy it. You know what I yeah, mean? exactly. And I mean, I know exactly. some guys do enjoy that uh size and profile but for me i need at least a five inch cigar to sit back and enjoy it and i five inches to six inches is where i really enjoy it i don't really care for anything more than six and a half most of the time just because Mm. i find that like i always think of lanceros do you like lanceros i don't mind a a lancero again because for us they're they're cheap on the import. Oh, they don't right. <laughs> wow. I didn't think about that. <laughs> you get a box of box of 20 of them or something, and it costs you $200 on the import because they weigh nothing. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So you probably, you smoke a lot of Lanceros? I won't say a lot. I won't say a lot, but I have smoked probably about, I bought this like sampler of Tatawahe. Lancero. I was just fixing to say, did you get the monsters? I didn't get the skinny monsters, no, but he's got the, the whole range. I don't think anybody out there puts out as many Lanceros as Tatawahe. Do. <laughs> I don't think so either. He, he's got the biggest range of, of Lanceros. Um, and this one, yeah, it was about a box of, I think, 10, 10 Lanceros. It cost me $200 and it, it was, they, they were all really good. I've still got two left, I think. And how long have you had those? 
I've had them over a year now. Wow. So how yeah. many, do you save cigars for a while like that? You'd let them rest that long? Uh, yes and no. Um, basically, I kind of, when I get new cigars, I put them to the to the back and then like I slowly rotate through. So I'm smoking my oldest kind of cigars first and they kind of make their way through. But if you have cigars that are in your humidor that are over a year old, you're not rotating through the stock that fast. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? I don't, yeah, I do. I do. So what's the climate like there as far as, you know, the humidification needs for your humidor? I mean, is it, is it dry or is it semi-humid? It, it gets bloody humid here in the summer. Um, so I've actually got a, a little wine fridge that I put my cigars in. Okay. That keeps them cold keeps them at a regular temperature because, as you know, when the temperatures fluctuate, so does the humidity inside your humidor. Um, so, yeah, I've got them in that fridge, keeps them cold at 18 degrees and then a couple of Bovetta packs that keep them at 69%. But if they weren't in that fridge, the temperature would fluctuate so much that gotcha. yeah, it would ruin so many of the cigars. And because in, in Australia we do have such a, a large um, access, like we have great access to a lot of Cubans. Uh, there are a lot of guys I know that have a specific humidor just for aging Cubans. Really? Um, so you, so you want that to remain at a very constant temperature. Are they very humidity, finicky? You don't want it to change. Are Cubans more finicky? They taste like shit when they're fresh. That's the problem. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody says like, you know, here's a box of Cubans. I, they're from 2020. They were just rolled. Yeah, don't touch them for at least five years. Wow. You know, we got a guy down at the shop, and he says any cigar you buy, if you age it for five years, will become a great cigar. I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know if that's true, but with Cubans, that is definitely true. Uh, and the way I see it, if I buy a box of cigars and I light one up the day it arrives and it smokes like shit, then that's not a good cigar. That hasn't been aged properly in the warehouse it hasn't done its proper rounds at the factory before it's made its way to me right i should be able to buy that cigar and smoke it immediately if i have to age it there's a problem if you have to age it you should get a discount for doing the factory's <laughs> job exactly they should know better you you don't <laughs> work for them green cigars <clears throat> yeah yeah now speaking of green cigars have you ever smoked claros i i have not smoked a green cigar no <clears throat> I've smoked one. <clears throat> that should tell you all you, you need you to know. You smoked it on the show, didn't you? Yeah, I smoked it on the show, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I toasted the foot, and I was like, this even smells funky. You know, it just didn't <laughs> seem like it should. And I know some people like Claro's, and, you know, everybody has their own palate. But for me, I was not a fan. I did smoke the Filthy Hooligan also, which is a barber pole with uh, Candela. And I didn't care yeah. for that either. I think I have also smoked a a barber pole. No, no, I haven't. No, I, I went to. I think someone sent me a swamp thing. Okay, and, from Romacraft. Uh, from yeah, and I was like, yeah, I don't like the look of this. So I think I gifted it on to somebody else. <laughs> oh, typical cigar smoker, gift away the ones that scare you. <laughs> yeah. So I've received a lot of Gurkhas that way. So, is the Gurkha brand strong in uh, Australia? Oh, dear God, no. Okay. Again, because we the thing is with us, with the market of cigar smokers, we, we tend to manipulate what comes in and out. Because if the cigar shop buys something and we don't buy it, 
then they won't buy it again. Yeah, they're uh, losing money so they, just for the taxes. Exactly, and just by sitting on them for that long. Uh, so more often than not, the cigar shops, really, they, they stick to their core principal brands, right? And they stick to their Padrones, their Fuentes, their Rockies. You know, they stick to those, those, those core brands. Uh, and they don't like to get adventurous with trying boutiques and, and other brands. I think I asked a guy if he had some illusions, and he was like, no. He doesn't have any Dunbartons. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of the stuff that we as consumers are often looking for and buying for ourselves. I get um, you. So, you know, that's with us buying them and importing them, the cigar shop will look at what's trending on, through their wholesalers and see, oh, okay, so these Dunbartons are trending, you know, maybe I should get some of those in. Uh, so we don't, we tend to manipulate what, what comes in and out. But what they don't realize is we're not going to buy him from them because he doubles the price. <laughs> right. Hey, so let me ask you this. Like, what's the cigar community like down there? I mean, since you don't have a place to hang out and smoke in public places, do you guys get mm. together and smoke cigars? Well, we, uh, yes, when we can. Like, where would uh, y'all meet up to smoke? At someone's house? At someone's house, yeah, oh, okay. generally. So, uh, yeah, we've got because um, we've we've got our little Discord community of about five hundred guys uh, across Australia, and we get together every Saturday night here on Zoom um, for a cigar. And because the country is so widely populated, you know, we we don't really have guys that are more than about a dozen or so within driving distance of each other. <laughs> I got you. So when we do get together, it's usually only a small gathering of about 10 guys or so. But that Discord group does help us to be able to share what we're smoking and be able to learn about different brands of cigars that other that we might not have heard of. So you, you can walk into a lounge and you can see a bloke sitting over there smoking something you've never seen before. And you can say, hey, what is that? And he'll say, oh, you know, it's a, it's a Oscar Valadera Superfly. And you're like, oh, cool, I've not tried that. I might go try one too. It smells really good. And then you'll walk over to the counter and you'll buy it. You'll sit down and smoke it together. We don't have that luxury. So uh. instead what we have is our Discord group where, you know, old mate will put up his picture of his, of his um, Oscar Valadera Superfly. And I'll say, hey, that looks really good. I'm going to go buy a box of those too. And, you know, and we, we share them around that way, that experience. It's a lot more drawn out, obviously. We can't just walk straight up to a counter and buy that cigar that that bloke smoking next to us, but we, now, we figure it out. So when you order cigars from the States, well, I assume you order from the States. Is that where yeah. you primarily order from? Yeah. Places like Atlantic and Neptune and cigars daily places like that. Okay. So when you order those, what's the time frame that it takes for it to get to you? Not long, not as long as you would think. Not um, as long as it took for my package to get there. <laughs> no, no send USPS, it'll take about a month. But if you send it through UPS or DHL, it's usually you know about two weeks. Okay, week and a half, two weeks. It's not not that bad at all. Just so everyone knows, I sent Peter a package, and I want to say it was like two and a half months. It was a bloody long time. And I had to let them sit in my humidor for another month before I could smoke them because the fucking Travel fluctuations time, yeah. in humidity had gone up and down. Well, you know, my daughter was in Australia for 18 months, and when I shipped her a laptop, it it took almost four months to get there. I I was thinking that it was just not going to ever get there, and finally it arrived. So let me ask you this, though, about your Discord group. So 
Did you? How long have you guys been doing that? As far as hanging out and doing Zoom meetings, was that a COVID thing, or was y'all doing that way before COVID? It, we the Discord group began in about September of 2018. Um, so, Facebook started really cracking down on tobacco communities uh, around in 2018, and if you were seen to be promoting the use of tobacco they would shut you down, right? And we had a lot of the groups that we were all members of on Facebook that were all being shut down left, right, excuse me, left, right and center. So we started this Discord community then in anticipation of them all being shut down on Facebook. Um, See, you should have, that's because your Facebook groups had the word cigar in them. If you would have been like, exactly, you should have named it how to be the perfect gentleman. See, that that would have been fine. (laughs) It would have been fine. And a, a lot of them ended up just abbreviating their names instead. Um, well, see, so that like, was yeah, one of the things I didn't think about when I named the show Cigar Talk. Like, yeah. I can't be advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Google, nobody, you know. And I, w- I was actually doing a uh, cryptocurrency mug thing, but I had it on Cigar Talk's website, and they would not even let me promote it It just because cigar talk and i was like are you kidding i'm not selling cigars yeah but it promotes tobacco use Um, i don't promote it i just condone it (laughs) um yeah so when all that all that started happening we we migrated over to discord and we started organizing kind of regular get together like physical get togethers just in everybody's kind of local communities um at you know, at a tavern, because some, some taverns have decent outdoor smoking areas that you can go and smoke in. Um, but when COVID happened in the March, which was less than six months later, we just, we couldn't do that anymore. So our, our Melbourne guys had the worst, lock, the longest lockdown, I think, in the world. Like out of every lockdown that every country's had, I think Melbourne has the longest one. It was like 178 days or something. Wow. Something ridiculous. It was mental. And so those guys started really kind of struggling uh, mentally with uh, the, the claustrophobia of being trapped in their houses. So we started doing on Skype, just, you know, get together and have a cigar once or twice a week just together. And, and then every single Saturday night since, it's just never stopped. So even though lockdowns were lifted and restrictions have been lifted quite a bit around here, we still get together every Saturday night because it's, just, it's great for our mental health. Yeah, and even even though we started as a cigar lounge and a group for men to share, well, not men, but people to share cigars and their love of cigars with each other, we really have kind of become a support group for a lot of guys to be able to talk about the shit they've had to go through during COVID. Yeah, you know, job loss and relationship issues and stuff like that. We we really do look after each other. Well, and you know that's kind of cool because the cigar community in America is that way. And so it shows you that there's something about the draw of a cigar and the people that smoke cigars that have that open uh, relationship with people yeah. that, you know, it's just everyone's welcome. I mean, I assume that's how it is down there from what you've said. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're very, very warm and welcoming to all kind of all, all walks of life with cigars. You know, I could I, I've smoked cigars with millionaires. I've smoked cigars with guys who are who are less off than me, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're the great equalizer. It really a cigar is. Cigar is the great equalizer. 
you know, said, you're a gun-toting fucking redneck <laughs> Texan. <laughs> we, we have nothing in common except for our love of cigars. I'm trying to think if we have anything else in common. Come on, man. We got something else in common. So anyway. Maybe. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting that, you know, and I get emails from guys in Germany, from the UK. Uh, uh, there's a guy. Where is he at? Like coffee. Singapore. We have coffee in common. Yeah, we, we do have, have coffee. coffee, but mine's black. And mine's cold. <laughs> yes. But... You know, I've talked to guys all over the world, and the emails that I've had with these guys show that it's the same camaraderie mm. there that it is here when you have the cigar in common. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I've never been a part of a more generous community. Oh, the cigar smoking absolutely. Community. And I mean, you've been on our Discord. I mean, our Discord. I mean, our Zoom meetings or herfs mm. that we have. And I mean, you're from Australia, and we've got guys all over the United States, and I mean, they all welcome you just like if you were here, you know what I mean? And that's, I don't see that in very many other communities, you know what I mean? Except for when they ask me if I'm going to throw another shrimp on the barbie, I think I get that every single fucking time I get together with you blokes. Somebody asks me if I'm going to throw a shrimp on the barbie. That's why, that's why he doesn't come around anymore. <laughs> I think I stopped coming around to your meetings when you stopped showing up. Honestly, I enjoyed talking to you, but Orlando, no, nah, I'm kidding. He's, he's a great oh. <laughs> He's not even here and we're ripping on him. Uh, now we love you, Ollie. Don't worry, mate. So, you know, I, was, I originally was going to introduce you as Bobo the Clown and then <laughs> let you roll into. So let me, I want to explain that to some people. If you heard the episode of Bobo the Clown, that was actually a joke with one of our Patreon Light 'em Up crew members. And so he didn't know that he was being recorded as a clown. So a lot of guys, and we didn't tell anybody. We just put that show out there. So a lot of people were like, what the hell was that? So anyway, that's, that's, <laughs> it was a joke. So. The the thing is though, Rob, I haven't I haven't really listened to your show that much for the last couple of months, and that was the first episode I tuned in to listen to, and I'm like, what the what the <laughs> hell is Rob doing? <laughs> is I, this how far off the rails this show has gone? I I, I <laughs> can I can believe a lot of people were probably like, what the f is that? <laughs> and so. Buddy. You're, you're you're reaching out to Carlos Fuente, and you're like, "Hey, mate, come come and have an interview on my show." And he's like, "Yeah, no worries, brother. I'll I'll check it out." And he and he tunes into the Bobo the Clown episode. He's like, "No bloody way am I am I meeting hey, with this bloke?" Yeah, and the week but but the week before we did have Steve Zaka, which that was an honor. That was a fantastic interview. I, I highly rate that. Steve's a great bloke. How how'd you uh, how'd you get his email, by the way? Uh you know what? Oh, he actually sent it to me. Because I had messaged him on Instagram, and he answered me on Instagram like six months later. It was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I just now saw this. I don't hardly get on Instagram. And yeah. so he said, contact me on my email address. So he sent it to me. And I'll tell you what, man, he was a very interesting guy to talk to. You know what I mean? Not just all about cigars but just the way he is in life i i respect that guy 
Absolutely. And you, you can cut this part out of the interview if you want, but I sent you his fucking email, mate. <laughs> oh, well, hey, I I don't think I never used it when you sent it to me because I because on Instagram, I'd send him a message and he answered yeah. like an hour later. And then I sent him another yeah. message and he answered about an hour later. And then I sent him another message about being on the show and he never answered me. And I was just like, <laughs> I guess that was a no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Probably because he listened to your Bobo the Clown episode. <laughs> oh, I thought it would be funny if I would have made his episode a Bobo the Clown episode. <laughs> uh, we um we actually had an interview with Steve Sarko as well. Like with our, our Zoom our Discord group, we got Pete Johnson on one week and we got Steve Sarko on another week. And they are some fantastic blokes to, to chat with. They really are. Top quality guys. Yeah, and I'll tell you the other one that I really enjoyed was Robert Caldwell. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but that was a really good interview. I, I am going to go back through your episodes, Rob. I listen to the first 100 episodes every week. Like and, and then and then we quit doing interviews for a while, and he was like, I don't want to listen to these two old guys reminisce and get exactly. drunk. Exactly. Fucking, you guys were talking about the Mike Tyson fight, right? Or some Mike Tyson fight, and I'm like, "This, you're talking about a fight that happened before I was born." And I'm just, <laughs> hey, well, you know, <laughs> that's that's one of the great things about our Patreon members is I have a meeting with the producer guys once a month, and I get feedback from them. And so we had a meeting, and I said, "Are you guys happy with the way the show's going?" And somebody said, "I'd really like to see you do some more interviews." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And no. they were like. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do one every week, but now you're never doing one. And I was like, okay, well, they told me that. So, like, the next six episodes, I think we had five interviews. So, we yeah. do listen to what people say other than you. When you told me that, I was like, <laughs> eh, what do we care about some Australian guy? <laughs> well, fucking, Rob, okay, so when I when I jump onto the, uh, the iTunes um, podcast store in Australia, the Australian podcast store, I am the only review for your show from Australia. In the Australian version from Australia. So really? I don't think there is a single other Australian who actually listens to your show. Wow. Well, that that cannot be true because <laughs> there is one percent of our listenership is from Australia. Not one so guy. One percent. <laughs> so that would that would make like I want what 10, 12, 12 guys. But, Unless it rounds up, yeah, to the but, nearest percent. But, you, but you're, but you're the only. No, no, because some of the countries are less than one percent. Oh, okay. So we know there's at least twelve guys in Australia, but you're the only one that cared enough to leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I think it was like maybe a tenth or eleventh episode. You said something about hey, leave a review and and all this, and I'm like. Oh. I really, really respected and appreciated what you were doing for the community. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you as much as I can. And I jumped on there and left a review. And I, Well, the funny thing is I can't see your review because I'm not on the Australian iTunes. <laughs> well, it says this guy's a dick. I hate him. Five stars. Nah. Oh, I've seen several of those. Did you leave it multiple times? <laughs> with different, 25 with, different names. With different names. Yeah, right. So, you know. Yeah. We, you know, the cigar talk has been an, an evolution, and you were you started way back early in the early days, whenever the audio quality was really rough, and but you stuck yeah. with us, 
and but you saw the show evolve from the early days into you know what we consider to be good and then we change things up to try to make it better and sometimes when you make changes they're not always for the better so you got to go back and circle back to what yes. was the good stuff oh look at See, there there it is very informative <laughs> One and rating. entertaining wow <laughs> and um yeah two years ago i left that it's the only one on there it says one rating five stars so according to australia you've got five out of five <laughs> wow in the united states i think we're 4.5 out of five so you know can't make That's everybody pretty. happy <laughs> it's probably orlando it's yeah right star saying this guy keeps shitting on me and bobo the clown <laughs> Yeah, it's probably going to go down to about 3.5 after people listen to that Bobo the Clown episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we we debated on whether or not we would release it, but we just it was too funny not to. Uh, see, it's it was funny to you because you understood the joke. See, I'm listening to it. I get 10 seconds in, and I hear this high-pitched voice, and I'm like, fuck that. And I immediately So I know but off. what 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 went through your mind as far as did you think it was a real clown? I did. See, I did. that was you, that you... was the beauty of it. And I mean I, yes, I was selfish because, because it was humor. funny to me. <laughs> it's your it, exactly it's your humor. So I believed it was something that you would do. You would interview a clown because that's just you, pure tea. You know, I've I've heard your grandpa's favorite game joke. You know, so I've never shared that on the show. By the way, <laughs> we've never shared that on the show. No, because you'd you'd need to bump your rating up to bloody R eighteen. Well, I actually thing. changed it to explicit about three or four months ago because yeah. I got tired of editing out stuff to make it PG-13 because the editing on the language was taking too long. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. We'll just put explicit down and that way you know before you listen. Exactly. And you can guarantee 100% of your audience uh, over 18 or 21 or whatever the age is in your country. 24 to 55 is our 98%. Yeah. Exactly. And out of that percent, I believe it's 97% men. Okay, all right. So you've got about a what two or three dozen women that actually listen to the show, right? So, which is surprising. Yeah. So in our Discord group of five hundred people, we've got one woman. <laughs> oh wow! No kidding. Yeah, one. So is I mean, is the cigar community as far as women growing, or is it just you know it's not really a feminine thing to do in Australia? Uh, that's a good question. I, I have smoked cigars with, with women, um, in a, like on, on zoom. Uh, but it's usually the wives of our oh, members. Okay. Does your wife so smoke I cigars? Did, no, no, no. My wife doesn't, but, um, she tolerates me smoking. Them. Have you, have I you have, offered to let her try one? Oh, every time, every, every time every, I light one up, I say, Hey, you want a puff? And she's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> See, I've asked every my time. wife if she wants to try one and her response is hell no. Hell no. Don't even ask me. I, I, You know what? My wife, when I first started smoking cigars, my wife hated cigars. I mean, when I come in from being outside of smoking a cigar, my wife, it was not pretty. And we... Well, see, Rob, have you seen, have you seen the, um, the movie that um, Pete Johnson put out 
the hand rolled? No, I have not. You should watch that, Rob. It's really good. It's an hour and a half long. It's on iTunes. I think it was like 10 bucks or something. And it's basically just uh, a whole documentary about the cigar smoking community, about the production of cigars, all this kind of stuff. They're actually working on a, on a sequel to it at the moment. Um, now, so is I it a movie or a life. documentary? It's a documentary. Okay. Yeah, so you have to learn things, Rob, and that's probably why. That's the that's the way I learn things is watching movies. <laughs> Did you hear that? Sorry, you cut you, you cut out there. I've got a I said I only learn by watching movies. Yeah, well, you, you should you should check this one out. It's it's really good. But I watched that with my wife, and it gave her a whole new appreciation for what a cigar is. So before that, she was on the fence with the idea of me smoking cigars because as, as we all know, the, the media, the general consensus about tobacco smoking is, it's going to kill you. You're going to die. It's, it's been it's, demonized. It's been highly, highly demonized um, over the last, especially in Australia. We've got our plain packaging laws. We've got our anti-smoking laws that you can't smoke in public, um, like near where people are eating, as I said before. And then I could show you some pictures of the way our tobacco products come shipped with the, ugly green boxes and where where I've got this beautiful Arturo Fuente band, it would normally be covered in this horrible green band that simply says Arturo Fuente between the lines on in a plain white font. It's it's horrible stuff. Just like a generic um, rapper. Very generic. And so she had, had this idea in her head that by me smoking cigars, I was slowly killing myself and all this kind of shit. But then we watched this documentary together. And she was like, wow, that's completely different to what she expected. And if you've got anybody who's on the fence, like especially with wives who are on the fence about their husbands smoking cigars, watch that documentary together and you'll get a whole new appreciation for what cigars actually are. Highly recommend it. Now, I wonder if that is available on Apple TV because I do have that. Maybe. So I, I had to pay for it through iTunes. It was only, it was only about $10, Rob. It's like seven of your dollars. Uh, well, I was just thinking that with ITV, I don't have I don't have to watch it on my computer. I can watch it on the TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I bought it through the iTunes store, and then I have an Apple TV as well, so I just watched it on on TV. Oh, okay. I'm not that yeah. uh, tech savvy. I didn't know you could do that. So yeah, I'll send you a link. Okay. Cool. It's really good. And yeah, they're working on a sequel. They were gonna they were gonna do. I think it was funny because when I was chatting to Pete Johnson, he was saying that they were going to do a, um, essentially a 100% from seed to cigar documentary about the entire process. And that ended up being nearly two hours long, what they'd recorded. And like, no one's going to sit down and watch this <laughs> right. <laughs> for two hours. In person, so that'd they, be great. But watching a, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so they, they shrunk that down to about five or 10 minutes. And that, that, that clip is actually on YouTube. Okay. At the moment. Well, so. I'll definitely check that out. Send me the link, and I'll actually watch the documentary. So I yeah, wanted to ask you, being in Australia, how is it like with the marijuana laws? Uh, it's Marijuana is decriminalized in Australia, but it's definitely not legal. So you can't go to jail for it anymore, but um, it's not not legal in any way. So I, I don't really follow or keep in, keep up with the marijuana laws because it's not something that's ever interested me. Sure. Um, well, I ask that because like in the States, it's becoming rampantly more and more available <clears throat> in other States, not Texas, but it's funny to me that politicians and the media demonize cigars, 
but it's okay for the people who smoke marijuana to smoke marijuana. I don't understand that at all. Uh, yeah, I, I completely understand. And the thing is with Australia is like we have a huge um, culture around drinking, around drinking alcohol. So, you know, it's, it's our, our sports teams are sponsored by alcohol brands. Um, you can walk into liquor stores and there's reviews and tastings and all this kind of stuff on, on all types of different alcohols. Yet alcohol kills more people than tobacco does in this country because you've got the adverse effects of things like drink driving and domestic violence and whatever else and the addiction that you get to alcohol. I don't know a single person who's addicted to a cigar. Yeah, I don't, I don't consider tobacco as a drug. You know what I mean? No. But no, it's classified as a drug in the United States. Which does my head in. Yes. I'm waiting for your head to explode. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, hey, dude, I'm going to wrap it up, and I just want to say thanks for taking the time to hang out with us and talk. And uh, no how, worries, mate. How's your Arturo Fuente? I'm almost finished. I said I, I can tend to uh, I can tend to drag out a cigar for as long as you smoke I it see down fit. to the very little tip, too. <laughs> you kind of have to. Uh, and this is actually a really, a really good cigar. Have, have you had these before? I have. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Nice and uh, nice and mild. And they just pair beautifully with coffee. Have you had the uh, Nat Cinco? No. <clears throat> yeah, I smoked one this morning, and I had forgotten how much I enjoy that with a nice Sumatran coffee because it's it's pretty light. If, it, if you're on the scale of light to medium to full, it's below medium. It's not quite a medium, but it is just, I probably retro held that cigar at least eight to 10 times because it was so yeah. smooth. And yeah. I don't have my sense. You know, I got COVID a few months ago. I remember. And yeah. I lost my sense of smell. So when I retro hell, I get little hints of a smell, but then they fade away real quick. So that's one of the reasons I retro hell so often is like I get a little bit and then it goes away. So I keep doing yeah. it. You still got your sense of taste though, right? It, I do, but it's not as strong as it is whenever my sense of smell is back, I hope. Yeah. But my doctor said maybe six months it'll come back. And, you know, the funny thing is, and I've never told anybody on the show this, but my mother could not smell ever her entire life. Oh, wow. And it's funny because I think I now know what it was like <laughs> for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, But anyway, well, hey, man, thanks for hanging out with us and coming on the show. We're a big fan of you, brother. We, you know, we oh. love you. Uh, you're thanks, uh, a part of our community. And even though you're down, I guess, 15 hours away on a flight, you know. Oh, a bit longer than that. It's like 36 or something with a stopover in Dubai. Ah, uh, Dubai, <laughs> that's way out of the way. You know, my daughter know. my daughter made a direct flight from Sydney to Dallas. Oh, really? Yeah, I want to uh, Yeah, okay. Dallas is a hub, isn't it? Yeah. And I want to yeah. say it was I think it was 14 hours. Oh, that's not so bad. And uh that was her first time to ever f fly first class and yeah. she loved it because you could they brought you a robe and 
you know, <laughs> all kinds of crap. But anyway, how, how did she go? Like she did missionary work or something out here, you said. Yeah, she was doing missionary work right there in Queensland. And yeah. uh, I forgot the little place where she was at, but it was on the south side of where you are. And yeah, anyway, yeah. she was down there for 18 months. She loved it. She still has a lot of friends from that area that she still talks mm. to daily. And she's working right now to do a new missionary base in Portland, Oregon. And so okay. right now she's just working three jobs and saving money so she can make that happen. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but hey, man, come up to the States and we'll hang out and smoke a cigar, brother. I'll sleep on your couch. Hey, you're more than welcome. I'll let you sleep <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I, I would love to check out the Leaf and a couple of other lounges up there. Oh, man, I was at the Leaf this morning. It's a wonderful place. <laughs> so I just want to be able to walk into a store and see cigars on the shelf. And then smoke the them. And then smoke them, yeah. Like our, our stores, though, they don't even have cigars out for you to see. Like They're all hidden in the back or they're covered by, by sheets and stuff like that. It's, it's not, not very pleasant. Like a drug deal, almost. You're like well, essentially. Wow. And like, um, you know, you know how like a lot of cutters and lighters have brands on them, like the Prometheus lighters and stuff like that. They're not even allowed to show those brands on the lighters. They've got to cover the lighters because it's got a cigar brand on it. Why do they not allow you to show the brand? Because that's considered promoting tobacco. That's why they've got the plain packaging. That's part of the plain packaging laws is that cigar brand, that tobacco company's logo cannot be shown anywhere. You know, they tried to bring that here to the States, and we shot it down because it yeah. violates our First Amendment right, which is a freedom of speech. Yeah. Well, see, we unfortunately don't have such a constitution. <laughs> you don't have you, – you have some kind of constitution. I would imagine so. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine I <laughs> I haven't really looked into it. <laughs> mm. There is a petition going around. So for your 12 Australians that are listening to the show, uh, we do have a petition on change.org uh, to amend our cigar laws and try to separate cigars from cigarettes. But uh, last I checked it, oh, there's about 3,000 signatures on it last time I checked it, I think. So it's, well, that's it's pretty good. Steam. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how much it'll actually take to make a difference, though. I got you. Well, hey, man, thanks again for coming on the show, and I'll see you around the Discord server, I hope. Have a good one. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Peter. Peter, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. You know, it was cool about doing an interview with him because it was nighttime here. It was like 7. And there, it was like 10 a.m. It was, it's a, it was awesome. Yeah, and seeing his palm trees and the sunshine, and it was like, man, Australia. And you think you think it was a fake backdrop? No, that's, that's, that's his, his yard. That's his back. Yeah. That's his that's, backyard. That's where he lives. So thank you, Peter, again, and uh, we'll be talking to you again real soon, brother. Anyway, uh, let's jump into our pick six. Do you have your three ready to go? Because I'm, I'm ready if you're not, is what I'm saying. Oh, but being polite, I will let you go first. But I am ready. Okay, well, this week, my top three, and one of the ones that is my top three is what I'm smoking right now. During the break, I lit up my uh, Yellow Rose by Crowned Heads. Oh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But anyway, my other two go-tos this week has been the Medallia Toro 
And if you guys, I'll have to show you. I got this in the mail from a listener, Sean O'Connor. And it was this and a Medallia Toro. And it said, come over to the dark side. So, you know, I always like the uh, Medallia Corona Extra. Corona Extra. And so anyway, thank you, Sean. This is awesome. And I just posted a picture of this on Instagram. So anyway, uh, but no, my, uh, my other two go-tos this week was the Medallia from McAuliffe, the Toro size. And then also the uh, McAuliffe Nicaraguan Toro. Nice. Good smokes. You know, I, go. I hadn't smoked that Nicaraguan in a while. And so when I smoked it, I was really impressed by how thick and oily the wrapper was. And so anyway, that's my three for the week. What do you got, brother? My three, and this was sort of predicated on a conversation you and I had in the office about... Easy loving. Easy loving. But more so, there are so many cigars in a given humidor. And like we were talking about earlier, you always kind of go to the ones that you recognize or that you've had before. Now, a lot of people, if you talk about Drew Estate, first thing that pops in most people's head is acid cigars and infused and all this. What they don't realize is Drew Estate, um, and especially Willie Herrera, they make tremendous blends. And they always, at least in our demographic, get overlooked overlooked for these I infusions and all these things. Well, no, I overlook them just because it says Drew Estate. Right. I don't smoke a lot of Drew Estate just because of the stigma of it being infused cigars. What? And so I know that's not all they carry, but when I see the Drew Estate sign, I just buzz on by. I got you. Now, it would surprise many people to know that Drew Estate carries a tremendous line of cigars that they do fit various profiles. And so my top three, I made it a purpose to go with just Drew Estate cigars. And Oh, really? Yeah. I'm impressed. And so, uh, spoiler alert, none of these are acids. None of these are infused. I wanted to... Well, I would not be impressed <laughs> if that's what you were smoking, Jay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that everybody had an idea of what exactly is the capabilities of Drew Estate and and what what you can get from it as a traditional cigar smoker. And um, I'm going to start off my list. This is in no particular order. Uh, the Hoya de Nicaragua. If you've had Hoya de Nicaragua, boom. That's a Drew Estate cigar. Uh, more especially the red. Now that one is, whenever I talk about a cigar that has that graham cracker type of flavor to it that's the hoya de nicaragua really red yeah i don't think i've ever smoked that cigar so it's a light to medium it finishes medium so a nice coffee stick for me very good morning cigar um that one uh made my top three uh in addition another light-bodied cigar but not so light like you would, what you told me before, as this is not your father's Connecticut, <clears throat> uh, very resemblant of the uh, Romacraft uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut line. 
Um, it's the Undercrown Shade. It is also Ecuadorian Connecticut, but it is, again, not your father's Connecticut cigar. It is a solid medium, finishes medium full. Also a good morning, early afternoon smoke. And then uh, rounding out my top three, uh, staying with the Undercrown line. Did I mention that what the name of that previous cigar was? No, <laughs> I no, don't think I no, did. <laughs> no. You gave us two Drew Estates. Right. What's the third one? The second one was the Undercrown Shade. This one, I wanted to take Now, is that the, the one with the red band? No, it's uh, it's blue and gold. Well, I or, thought that was the uh, Maduro. They're both blue and gold. Uh, you're thinking about the Herrera uh, Esteli. I'm thinking sun-grown. about the Sun Grown, yeah. like the flying pig. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I wanted the other end of the spectrum, the other bookend, so I tried the um, Undercrown Maduro. Uh, also excellent stick now i've had the liga pravada number nine uh and the liga pravada line which we offer at the leaf now what's the like a t58 the t52 (laughs) yeah i had one of those last week good smoke good smoke now for those that want that flavor and that experience but don't want to spend as much to get those for the liga nine or something yeah go with the undercrown maduro uh it is made with the similar, a same process, but it's utilizing tobacco that's more readily available. And so it, it, it still gives you a wow experience. And it's a beautiful stick. It really is. I mean, that wrapper, thick, oily, and very dark. Yes. And the Undercrown Maduro, as well as the shade, comes in so many different sizes. You can get the, uh, I forget the name of it. They're like little shorties that, you know. 25 30 minute smokes and you can get up to you know the hour hour and a half smoke out of them hmm so you know like i'm smoking the uh yellow rose from crowned heads and that's not a brand that i go to all the time but i really have fallen in love with this yellow rose and the buckeye so my question is what other cigars under that line of the crown heads are there that are worth looking into? Again, I'm speaking personally. Right, right. I'm not asking you to speak <laughs> on behalf of Paul. <laughs> um, one that from Crown Heads that I've had for a long time and we've carried for a long time at the Leaf is uh, Four Kicks. Uh, Four Kicks is an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Uh, it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. Some nuttiness. Mostly leather, um, a lot of earthy, slight hint of pepper and spice on the back end. Uh, that would be one that I would I would probably recommend for Bryant. I know he likes that spicy stick. Right. Um, and I like them on occasion. On occasion. You know what I mean? It's, it's not my go-to profile. Because yeah. it used to be. It used to, if it, the, the spicier, peppery it was, that's what I wanted to smoke. And then I started falling in love with all these other notes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I would also, just to kind of round out the day, if you wanted to start off with, with one, um, the La Carême by Crown Heads. That's another Crown Heads stick. That's Connecticut? Uh, yeah. It is uh, a Connecticut broadleaf. It has a lot more creaminess to it. Um, slight hints of cocoa. A 
slight sweetness. Almost you could pull like an apricot or some kind of fruit from it. Oh, wow. Um, just you know very what, you light. You know what fruit I don't like in my cigars? What's that? Have you ever had a Connecticut that had that really stout lemon zest? <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm going to be honest with you. I Maybe I just uh, haven't had a lot of lemon. I don't know what that tastes like. What is what is a lemon it's, zest? It's just it's it's very in your face, and then it goes away in the cigars that I've experienced. But it it's like I don't know what it is, but it seems like whatever tobacco that is is it makes my mouth super dry. That sounds like ammonia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm no. just saying. Anytime I've had that really strong lemon zest, I'm like, mm, that's not for me. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of cigars that whenever it's rushed to get out, not to say that these were that want the lemon zest, but you ever have those cigars that people say, man, these are still green. Yeah. So, now, yeah. Well, now let's, let's shift gears here for a second since I got you. Uh, how do you feel about Claro's? Candela's. Ken, Candela's? Yeah. I personally think Candela's are a very unique flavor. Yeah, but I'm asking if you like them. Oh, no. Okay, no, no. so you're not they're, a Candela guy. They're very guy. punchy. They are. It's like if you cut grass and put it in your mouth. Let me tell you something. Yeah. You are spot on because we got the 858 Claros. Yeah. And when I toasted the foot, I even told Brian, before I even puffed on it, when I toasted, I was like, you know, usually my favorite thing is toasting a cigar and smelling that aroma. Yeah. Dude, it smelled funky right out of the gate. And I even remember Bryant was like, man, why you guys say that? Now I'm fixing to smoke it. And I was like, I'm just being honest. You know, it's yeah. it's funky. Yeah. There's a, there's a unique palate that will enjoy those. You know what I, when I like Candela's is when it's split with a Habano. Like the, only, the, the only one that I've enjoyed, which one is the one that Roma Craft does that's really dark but it has that little candela barber pole. It is called the Black Irish. Okay, the Black Irish is amazing. However, I don't know that I get much candela out of that because the part of the barber pole of the the candela was very thin. Oh yeah, and it's like a it's like a fine spice, and and these rollers are are chefs pretty much. You just you do like the little thing, and you put a little bit in there. That's what the that's what the Black Irish is. That little kick that's the candela inside of the Black Irish. Are you are you wanting some? Oh, why? Do you know where there are some? Yes, I do. Oh, I would love one. I haven't had one in a long time. Oh, mayhaps it's in the back room. Ooh. No, uh uh Hey, you know who's gonna be here tomorrow? Who? When this show comes out tomorrow. Here in Abilene is Zika. No way. Yes way. If it all holds up. Really? He's going to be up in Azel today, uh-huh. and tomorrow he's going to get a rental car and drive down, and we're going to go smoke at the Leaf. Brother Crook. Oh, right? my gosh. That would be so awesome to I, meet him in person. I am so excited to meet that fat fuck. We talked about him coming through 
every time he calls me. His Amish and, beard. Have you seen his Amish beard? I've not. His not, beard. He has no mustache. He just has a beard. Like Alan. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? He's like the coolest, one of the coolest guys I know. He really is. And he is a genius at so many things. Maybe not. Maybe genius is the wrong word. Maybe he just has a skill set. Like what he does for a living is impressive, but what he does outside of what he does for a living is always impressive. Like he's always he buys limited editions Roma crafts. He buys limited edition Opus. You know. Mm-hmm. He has probably the biggest collection of cigars of anybody I know. Well, in that case, I don't have any black Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might. I, I doubt. Well, maybe he'll listen to the show on the way to the Leaf tomorrow. So, well, I was, I was blessed with uh, the black Irish um, from our rep from Romacraft. What's your rep's name? John. John, give John a shout out. That John dude's a good Dolliver. rep. John yes. Dolliver. He's been there now for what about almost two years? Yeah, um, maybe a little bit over. He came from uh, Zycar be- right before they sold to Quality Importers. He came to work for him right when we went down there and did an interview. Yeah, we yeah. met him, but he was just getting started. John. John is an all around great guy, and I'll tell you why. Um, and isn't he an easygoing rep? I mean, for you, you meet reps from all different companies, but that dude's laid back. Yeah. Just whatever you need. Absolutely. I got you taken care of. Hey, nope. here's some little something, something. Yeah. John will call me and say, hey, by the way, just a heads up kind of thing, you know. Right. But John, John is more than just a rep. Um, he's a uh, man. He's a man. No, he, uh, He's very helpful in all aspects of life. Now, stupid side story, just to illustrate how far John will go to help out just some guy that's part of his account line. I asked John, hey, John, um, a lot of people won't understand this, but how do I work out my, my posterior deltoids so that I stop hunching over? You know, it's the muscle that keeps your shoulders back. Yeah, and that's automatically 12-ounce curls. <laughs> well, and I know John worked out. So I asked him, you know, what exercises can you tell me? You know, I, I know this is outside of your our relationship. And straight up, he said, yeah, no problem, man. Here's uh, some videos that I recommend. Um, I do this X amount of times a week. Uh, after these particular exercises. So I'm curious now, how long have you been working out religiously? Religiously? Yeah, because I know what you're doing now, and it's religiously. So how long have you been doing that? A.K.A. four hours to five hours a night. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But two and a half months. Well, since, what month is this? This is June. June. I haven't been working out since beginning of March. Okay. Yeah. What what got you hooked on that all of a sudden? I mean, I know you always worked out a little. Uh, to be vulnerable a little bit. Um, we was, like you vulnerable. <laughs> there was a lot of things that transpired in my personal life that um, I knew that if I, I didn't deal with it in a more productive way, it'd be more destructive. And 
I knew that I had a space that I designated as my quote-unquote man room in my garage that I quickly turned into a small in-home gym. And um, that was just one way to just decompress after the day. And uh, without going into details because I don't want to, um, it was... It was a lot of unfinished business versus stuff that was continuously building on itself. And, that, at, and working out like you are, I mean, is that like being a very positive vibe in your life? It has, yeah. Um, I actually feel a lot better. Uh, I feel... Let me, let me tell you a secret that you probably don't know because you're young. But what I have found... Is, that is more helpful than working out is bourbon. I'm I'm surprised. Well, not surprised. I am <laughs> happy you said that. And we'll raise a glass to that. Yeah. Let me explain something real quick. So, pass me that eagle rare. I did feel. I'm not. I'm not a stranger to depression. So I I knew when it was coming on. And I knew I had to address it right away or I would get swallowed up into it. And so I started with uh, an exercise program that I kind of just made up out of things that I learned from uh, being on the football team in college and things that I've done with P90X and all this different kind of programs and uh, ultimately developed into different programs. but the uh, the main oh, consistent yeah. aspect of the workout yeah. has been whiskey. <laughs> really? Now, there is... Because I've been drinking a lot of whiskey, and I haven't seen any workouts. You're halfway there. Okay. Now, <laughs> Thank you. if you remember, if you look back in the, uh, the last episode I was on, I was wearing a shirt that said, Whiskey and Weights. I thought it said whiskey and gym. No, whiskey, whiskey and, and weights. weights. Okay, so fair enough. The, I guess it's the WW. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the phone's always listening. I don't know what I said to make it pop up. It was a Facebook ad that popped up, and I was like, holy crap, this is perfect. This is exactly what I do for four hours a night. And you know what's so weird about you saying about you don't know what you said yeah. that made you start getting those ads? I don't know what I've said, but I keep getting ads for tampons. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I don't know why, but I don't need any. I don't want any. I don't know why they keep coming back to me like that. But anyway, go ahead. Extra absorbent. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It it was a heavy flow. No. uh, It turned out to where, you know, I would work out and have a whiskey or have work out and, and have a bourbon. So that was like a reward. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I would think. Well, hydration is a good part of working out. And then I learned that later. If, but, if, uh, <laughs> if, if I do 10 pushups, I'm drinking a shot. Well, and, and it, it's tapered off in a, you know, lately the working out or the drinking, the drinking. Oh, but see, I was hoping for the other in its heyday. Uh, it was miraculous because you ever get your blood pumping while you're drinking? You yes. don't have to drink as much, and so I your don't, bottles last so much longer. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Well, I say that, 
I mean, I don't really get into a lot of pumping exercises. <laughs> just me. You know, my I don't know if you know this, but my youngest brother yeah. owned a CrossFit gym. Okay. And he called me up one day and he was like, yo, bro, I'm 12 years older than him. And he's like, yo, bro, I think you should take a look at this CrossFit. I mean, I'm in Lubbock. I know you're in Abilene. You're not going to be joining my gym, but I think you should look at a CrossFit gym. I think, you know, you're getting up there in age. You need to start taking care of yourself. And I mean, if I could talk to one of those guys, I could probably get you a discount because I own a gym. And so, you know, what do you think? And I said, fuck you. And I hung up. So, you know, that's my level of workout. Well, you're almost there. I'm close. <laughs> Very close. You want to come to my garage? No. Why not? I mean, maybe when you're done and we're drinking. But then, we do you have AC in there? No. No, it's all hot. It's a hot <laughs> box where you work out. No, no. I do not want to be there. I can turn the fan on. You come over here with the AC going and we'll drink and we'll <laughs> smoke and we'll be happy. Okay. Fair. That's life. Wrapped up in a nut sack. <laughs> so anyway, man, do you have anything else for it? you? You said something earlier about telling us about what Habano is. Okay, yes. Because so, I love Habano cigars. So I, I don't know exactly what makes a Habano a Habano. I'll tell you this. Thank in the, you. In the simplest terms, a Habano a or a Habano cigar, Habano blend, it's essentially... A tobacco grown from Cuban seed and undergoes the same fermentation process as Cuban cigars. So if anybody's wanting to get the closest Cuban experience stateside, look for a Habano. Uh, there are tons of Habanos out there. There are... Uh, now, let me ask you this on the Habanos. Yeah. Are the wrappers always like a medium shade? It's usually medium. Well, that's that's dependent on the fermentation process, but ultimately it does have... Because all the Habanos I smoke yeah. are like a medium shade. They're not real dark. They're, they're not typically dark and oily, but they can be. Okay. And so the there are... Really, three types of Habanos we can find stateside. There's Nicaraguan, Ecuadorian, and then there's a varietal where it's like a Habano Claro or Habano Criollo or okay uh, other var varietals like that. And uh, so I went ahead and took a look. We, in our humidor right now, we have a bunch of different Habanos um, that... There were some that surprised me uh, when I took a look to see if there were Habanos or not. And a lot of these have a lot richer flavor profiles, That's a lot of coffee, one of the reasons a lot of I love them, man. Yeah. They're so full of flavor. Absolutely. And, you know, which is weird to me because when you think of Cuban cigars, you don't think of all those different flavors. At least on the Cubans that I've smoked, it's been like one note and that's what you get it might get spicy on the end like a little spice bomb but mainly whatever you start with is what you finish with mm -hmm. and on the habanos i find that they're full of flavors throughout the entire stick oh yeah 
and and they range they have a bunch of different spice kind of flavors um cigars that bring in a lot of cedar notes uh that leathery and coffee notes to it see i love very common i love that leather profile yeah i i you know what i used as a kid i used to chew on like Mm. my glove when i was a baseball player yeah and that leather taste, if you don't know what leather tastes like, you did not grow up in the 70s. Because whether if you had a baseball glove or some kind of kinky parent, you knew what leather tastes like. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for me, it was baseball, but to each their own. But, yeah, I, I love that leather profile. And then probably my second would be like when you get that white pepper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like. So many cigars have that black pepper yep. that when you get a white pepper or even a red cracked pepper, yeah, it's like... It's a surprise. Yeah, it's a surprise, yeah. and you're impressed that they're able to pull that off. And Because like the... When I say the cracked red pepper, to me, the ultimate cracked red pepper cigar, do you know what it is? What? The LFD Chapter 2. That chapter. Dude. Ch- chapter 2. That freaking wrapper is oily, and that wrapper is not brown. It's red. If you can find them. If you can find them. (laughs) You don't have them right now, right? Because I saw the chapter one. I got chapter one. I I saw the chapter ones today, and then I saw the two other special edition LFDs, and I couldn't pull the trigger on it because I was like, $22. I don't have twenty two extra dollars. <laughs> we'll do a payment plan for no, you. Rob. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, sometimes, like when I go in the shop and I'm like, I know I'm going to treat myself. Instead of fi- looking for the Chapter Two or an LFD, I just automatically go to the Padron nineteen twenty six or the McAuliffe Reserva. Yeah. Those are my two go-to celebration sticks. You know, when I say celebration, I just mean celebrating life as it is. Mm-hmm. When you're having a good fucking week, you might as well go in and just, you know, treat yourself. That's right. You got to treat yourself once in a while. I mean, you know I smoke a lot of cigars. You do. And so I can't afford to buy 12, 14 dollar cigars to smoke all day. So I appreciate that you carry a line of cigars like the Project 40 that costs, you know, under $7. You carry the, let's see, the what is it? The, uh, the Corojo 1923, which I believe is by La Aurora, right? La Aurora? The Corojo 23? It's the Corojo something. Uh, Agonorsa. No, 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 no. This is La Aurora. It's got the line on the band, and it's the Corojo. Do we carry that? Yeah, you do carry that. <laughs> we have s- and okay. it, it's a fantastic coffee stick. So when I come down there in the morning, that's almost my go-to. I'll tell you this. I even got away from the La Galera, which yeah. I love as a coffee stick, to go to that Corojo. It's that good. And you know I love the La Galera, Connecticut. You do. You do. Uh, the Chaveta, which is the Toro size. Now, um, a lot of folks won't recognize, but um, out of the two varietals or the two types of Habano, Ecuadorian 
is the most prevalent? Well, I do know that uh, Christian, what's his name from Ecuadoria? Christian Bale? No. <laughs> you know, from Batman. The, from the cigar family. You know, Julio and Gusto is the father and brother. You know the asylum line? Yes. Who makes that? Christian who? Eoria? It's I can't pronounce it. I don't want to bastardize it. That's it's, what yeah, we do on the e- show. We Eoria. Yeah, Eoria. Yeah, it's Eoria. Something like that. Eoria. You know, his brother uh Husto or Gusto, depending on how you want to say it. <laughs> Anyway, guys, uh, I guess we're about done. We wanted to explore a lot of different things. I hope you guys took notes because Jay knows his shit, and we like having him on the show from time to time when we can get him. And so we want to say thank you for coming on, Jay. It was a great pleasure to be on again. And um, we appreciate you sponsoring the show. I got to tell this one little story right quick before we go. Okay. It's about the check. Yes. So, Jay is, the Leaf is the sponsor. So, once a month, I go by and I pick up a check from Jay. And Jay can probably, I don't know if, it, if Jay's ever noticed, but sometimes the check's deposited that day, and sometimes it's deposited like three or four weeks later. I don't know if you notice. So long as I put it in QuickBooks, as soon as I write it, you're it's good. already spoken for, All right, and I don't good. have to worry about it. All right, good. <laughs> so, anyway, I'd put the check next to my Weasel Fest sticker that Jay had brought to me. Oh, Weasel Fest was awesome. Yes, you told me. It was y- fun. you got to come next time. Yeah, I, I, I'm bringing you. It can't Brian. be on Memorial Day weekend. If I it's know. on Memorial Day weekend, I can't go. I got you. No, no, no. Uh, That's as soon f- as I find out, we'll We'll, we'll, we'll get it, it all set yeah. up. Hell yeah. So anyway, uh, Jay gives me this Weasel Fest sticker. I bring it home. I put it next to the check. And then it sat there for like a week. And then I decided it would be fun to put that Weasel sticker on my wife's rear window. You know, she's got dark tinted windows. That's like she probably won't even notice. So me and my daughter thought it would be fun. We went out there and did that. That was it. We went and then we went out to eat. So, excuse me, we, uh, I got to have a drink. Do it. There you go. Hammer down. So anyway, the next day after I'd taken my wife and daughter out to eat, I was going to go deposit the check. And I was like, oh, it's not here on the table where I left it. It must be in my car. So I didn't think nothing about it. Went to the shed, started smoking cigars. Then the next day, I was told my wife, I was like, hey, I can't find that check. And we freaking tore the house down looking for this check. And I was like, okay, Jay's going to be like, what a schmuck. You lost my check. And then I thought, well, and on top of that, now I'm going to have to have him cancel the check. And then whatever that fucking cost, I'm going to have to say, don't write me a check for the whole amount. Just you know, deduct that. So I go to the leaf Saturday morning and I'm going to smoke a cigar and wait for Jay to come in. He usually comes in about 11 on Saturdays. Yeah. And I'm back in the back room smoking and Colton comes back and says, Hey man, 
I think this belongs to you. And I was like, what you got there? And he showed it to me. And I was like, holy shit, where the hell did you get that? It was the check. I had been looking for it that morning and couldn't find it. And he was like, some dude just dropped it off and said he saw uh, the leaf on it. And he brought it down. Isn't that awesome? And I was like, I haven't been to the leaf in three days. He found it in the parking lot, you know. And I was like, that's crazy. That doesn't make any sense based on what I know. Yeah. So anyway, I go out. I'm going to buy this guy a cigar. When I walk out, he's got an oxygen tank he's carrying, and he's got this face mask with air tubes going to it. So I decide not to offer the buy a guy a cigar. Good call. I was like, you know, maybe this isn't the time to pro- promote tobacco. <laughs> so anyway... I say, thank you so much. And he says, I found it at 5th and Willis. I live at 6th and Willis. So it had blown a block away, and the <laughs> dude was walking and found it. And the awesomeness that he brought it down to the shop yep. was crazy. Isn't it just, it kind of reinvigorates, it's a, it's a comical story, but it, it really just reinvigorates the the goodness of, of I, the human race. I thought you were going to say it makes you want to say, Rob, pull your head out of your ass <laughs> and don't lose my fucking check. <laughs> that was, the, uh, to be honest, that was the first, that was the first response um, because of, you know, society we live in. Right. People wash right. checks and they'll deplete bank accounts, but in hindsight, looking back, what an amazing! It's amazing turn of events. It was just a very good depiction of that. There are still great people. And I told in, my daughter, I said, "Think about it. Ninety percent of the people would see a check and pick it up, but then when they saw what it was, ninety percent of the people would throw it away. Ten mm-hmm. percent would probably try to do some scam yeah. with it." Maybe 10% is a little high, but, you know, somewhere in that range. And I was like, but this guy who doesn't smoke cigars. Obviously. Takes it to the cigar shop and drops it off. People are good. There are good. There are a lot of good people out there. Don't focus on the fucking assholes that ruin people's lives. You know, I saw a meme that said... Did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes of your day? Don't let the bad portion of your day ruin it. I saw a meme that said anal. No, no, no. That's probably not appropriate. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) That was it. Just (laughs) ultimately what I learned from that was don't let that fraction of your day destroy it there's so much more are you talking about when you found out that i had lost your check (laughs) don't let that ruin your life jay this influenced it no um well first of all i wanted to make sure that i got the point across that it is dangerous to lose my checks yes 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 (laughs) noted but uh, and I had never heard of that, washing checks. I don't even yeah. know what that is. So a great friend of mine that owns another locally small, coffee small business. business. Yeah. Um, Which their coffee's not as good as Jay's. Yeah. But whatever. They uh, 
they have the same, you know, they have a checkbook, they have direct deposit, but this particular individual wrote a check that was intercepted and I don't know. Stolen. Yeah. I don't know how it's done, but they kind of wash off the written parts and they can write any amount and then do the cursive of any amount, but retain the signature. And so you can, that's called, I guess, washing the check where it could be a $5 check. You could turn it in, turn it into like a $7,500 check and just wipe out a bank account. Wow. And that was my initial response. But then and I after, hope I hope that my message in return wasn't dismissive. I just sent the happy face with the sunshades. <laughs> it was you like, sent the I happy face it. with the sunshades and then the text, fuck off. <laughs> no. No, I I was very impressed. Because I know how you are business wise. Yeah. Some things do stress you out. And the thought of someone wiping out your bank account stresses you out like it should anyone. Right. So I took it completely. I was like, what he's saying is don't be a fuck up (laughs) and ruin our business. (laughs) I got it. I know that it was your you didn't intend for that to happen. Right. But I was just so impressed by the goodwill of humanity in action that kind of wiped all the worry away and made this completely fine it's it was a great reminder that there are great people in the world there are awesome people in the world there are honest people in the world i know that right now good people yes we are we're in a time where all we see is the bad all we see is the bad all we see is the conflict all we see is the strife and we go to our cigar shop and we try to find some semblance of unity. And then for me, that's where I go day in, day out. And so I know that I can trust the guys that are there, right? I can, I can, I can, I can count on them, but to have some stranger, not only that, but somebody that's toting an oxygen tank and a mask, Make his way down to make his way down to the shop to say, "Hey, this that is has written nothing from you guys. vested, no investment in any outcome." Absolutely, he has he has no reason to believe there's going to be any kind of financial recompense or any kind of remuneration. It was just the right thing for you guys do. that don't know what he just said. He wasn't getting anything out of it. Did I use too big of words? Uh, yeah, for my audience, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm educated. I, I wanted to make sure that Groot and Zika and John, you understood what Jay was saying. <laughs> he didn't expect anything in return. No. And he just, he did the dude, right thing. Dude, and it thing. blew me away because I had literally torn my house down looking for it just an hour ago, maybe even 30 minutes ago. Because he came in and Colton came back when I was probably about halfway through my cigar. And I was just like, holy shit. So anyway, so thankful to that guy. Turns out he's one of my neighbors down the street. So, I mean, you know, what do you say when you have neighbors that are that freaking good? That you're a lucky man. 
I am a lucky man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. Keep smoking.